اعوذ باللہ السمیع العلیم من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم وصل اللہ علی سیدنا محمد وعلى آلہ الطیبین الطاہرین And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. In this episode we are going to speak a little bit about Imam Al-Hadi السلام, who was the 10th Shi'i Imam. From the Imam of Imam Al-Hadi السلام, one of the primary concerns was to prepare the grounds for the occultation of Imam Al-Mahdi And so Imam Al-Hadi and Imam Al-Askari set about preparing the Shia for what was about to occur after the death of Imam Al-Askari. But the situation was very delicate because at the same time they had to be very secretive about the 12th Imam because the Abbasids, whilst being aware that the line of Imama will end with the 12th Imam, they didn't know any kind of details like who the mother of the Imam would be, what age the Imam would go into occultation and so on. So while the Imams had to prepare their Shia, they also had to be very careful in the way that they did that because if information fell into the wrong hands, that could jeopardize the very life of the Imam himself. So the Imams used a cautious approach in informing some of their companions about some of the details of the 12th Imam and especially Imam Al-Askari who was careful in proving the existence of the Imam and that he was alive whilst at the same time being careful not to let that information reach the Abbasids. And it was indeed this confusion among the Abbasids that resulted in the preservation of the life of the Imam because the Abbasids when the 11th Imam passed away they didn't really know what they were looking for and so when they stormed the house of Imam Hassan al-Askari Imam al-Mahdi simply walked out we have a slight misconception that he disappeared in the basement of his father's house and at that point the minor occultation started but other explanations of this event also exist and one of them is that since they didn't recognize him he simply walked out of the basement and out of the house So with the lives of Imam al-Hadi and Imam al-Askari, the Imams became further and further distant from their Shia. And this was also a preparation for the occultation. Because then the Shia had to organize themselves within a system. And there is a hadith that once Imam al-Hadi met with three of his companions and gave them each 30,000 dinars. And this hadith is usually used to show the generosity of the Imam, that he gave such large sums to his companions. But this kind of sum was enough to run a small state. So another explanation for this hadith is that he was providing the leaders of those areas because they all came from a different area with the amounts that they would need while he wouldn't be contactable because such a meeting of great companions from different locations was something that probably didn't happen by chance. So in effect the Imam was running a small state within a state and this is what really concerned the Abbasids because they made efforts to ensure that the Shia would be a disadvantaged population whereas because of the actions of the Imam there was another system that was ensuring that they were able to survive in the section concerning Imam al-Hadi in Mizan al-Hikmah there are only two subsections the first is about the proof of his Imamah where Imam al-Jawad is reported to have said certainly the Imam after me is my son Ali his command is my command his word is my word obedience to him is obedience to me and the Imamah after him will rest with his son al-Hasan So in this hadith, we have a clear appointment of Imam al-Hadi by Imam al-Jawad and also an indication of who the Imam will be after him. And of course, for those people that accept the Imam of Imam al-Jawad, this is enough for them as an appointment of the next Imam. 
An interesting point that I didn't mention in the previous podcast is that after Imam al-Rida there were no more Shi'i sects. That is that after Imam al-Rida if you accept the Imamah of Imam al-Rida, then you also accept the Imamah of the rest of the Imams because there are no conflicting sects. So with Imam al-Jawad's appointment of Imam al-Hadi and Imam Hassan al-Asbari, it was very well known for the Shia who the Imams would be leading up to the 12th Imam. The next subsection is about his virtues. It is narrated in the book Al-Wahida. My brother Hussein ibn Muhammad narrated saying, I had a friend who used to teach the child of Bagha or Wasif. Bagha and Wasif were two Turkish commanders in the Abbasid army. The narration continues. He said to me, the governor on his return from the caliph's palace said to me, Today the commander of the faithful has imprisoned this person known as Ibn al which means the son of Rida, and has handed him over to Ali ibn Karkar. I heard him say, I am dearer to Allah than the she-camel of Salih. So enjoin yourselves in your homes for three days. That is a promise not untrue. What he meant by that verse or by his speech is not clear. He said, I said, may Allah increase your honor. He has made a threat. Now see what would happen after three days. The next day, the caliph freed Ibn al-Rida and apologized. On the third day, Yaghiz, Yaghlun, and Tarmish, and a group of people with them, assaulted him, meaning here the Khalifa, and killed him, and instated Al-Muntasir, his son, as the Caliph. So in this tradition, we see that when the Caliph tried to imprison the Imam, here meaning Imam al-Hadi, he warned them by saying that he was more dearer to Allah than the she-camel that was sent to Salih. And then quoted the verse that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used after the people of Salih killed the she-camel. The person that is narrating the story understood that this was a threat. And indeed the Caliph himself must have also understood that this was a threat because the next day he freed Imam al-Hadi. And sure enough, after three days, the Caliph himself was assassinated. Now while an interpretation of this event is to say that this was a miraculous event with the intervention of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fulfill the threat of the Imam, Another explanation is also to say that the Imam had infiltrated the court of the Caliph to such an extent that his imprisonment resulted in the Caliph actually being assassinated. And this event occurred after the Caliph had desecrated the grave of Imam al-Hussein So as the Caliph pushed the limits more and more, it reached a point where he was in fact assassinated. The last hadith for this episode is quite a long hadith. A group of people from Isfahan, among whom were Abu al-Abbas, Ahmed bin Nasr, and Abu Ja'far Muhammad ibn Alwiya, narrated, There was a man named Abdul Rahman in Isfahan, who was a Shia. He was asked, Why have you accepted the Imama of Ali al-Naqi instead of anyone else from among the people of the time? So he replied, I witnessed that which obligated me to believe such. I was a poor man, but outspoken and daring. So the people of Isfahan exiled me and a few others. We came to Mutawakkil to ask for justice. We were at Mutawakkil's gate when the command came to bring Ali ibn Muhammad bin Ar-Ridat. I asked those present there, who is this man? Was that had been commanded to be brought there? Someone replied, he is an Alawi, whom the Rafidah believed to be their Imam. He then said, Mutawakkil may have summoned him in order to kill him. I said, I will not move from here until I see who this person is. He continued, he came riding on a horse, and verily people were standing in line on the right and left of his path watching him. When I saw him, I stopped and looked at him. Love for him filled my heart. I prayed for him in my heart for Allah to repel from him the evil of Mutawakkil. He moved through the crowd, his sight fixed on the reins of his horse, not looking around, and I was constantly supplicating for him.
When he reached me, he turned his face towards me and said, May Allah accept your supplication, lengthen your life, and increase your wealth and your children. After that, we returned to Isfahan. Allah opened phases of wealth upon me, so much so that I have to lock away in my house more than a million dirhams. And this is apart from the wealth that is outside my house. I have been blessed with ten sons, and I have reached an age in excess of seventy years. This is the reason for my faith in the imam of this man. You knew what was in my heart, and Allah granted his prayers for me. So we have here a beautiful personal story of one of the followers of Imam al-Hadi who resided in Isfahan. And of course, this is just one instance that's recorded in history. There must have been many, many other instances where the Imam took the opportunity to discreetly convert those people whose hearts were ready to accept the truth. Because of course, in that crowded gathering, nobody really would have understood what was going on between the Imam and the man from Isfahan because all the Imam did was pray for him. But he prayed for him with such a precise du'a that the man from Isfahan immediately understood that the Imam knew what was going on inside the mind of that man. There's another point here which we see throughout the life of the Holy Prophet, the Prophets before him and the Imams. And that is that simply seeing them for some people was enough to bring them to faith. And this is one of the meanings of the Imam being the proof of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on earth. And it is a type of religious experience that is not to be intellectualized too much. It is simply that the Prophet or the Imam embodies what it means to be a servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the light that is within his heart finds an expression in his appearance. And if somebody is receptive to that, then even just seeing the Prophet or the Imam is enough for them to come towards the right path. Inshallah, the next episode will be about Imam Hassan al-Askari alayhi salam. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi tayyibin al-tahirin.